Welcome to The Life Podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Our theme is sold out at the moment and Pastor Tony said, look, you know, you run with whatever's in your heart, but if you wanna run with a theme and while he was speaking, something dropped into my heart last week and so I thought, well, let's run with it. And uh, the title of my message today is Happy Soul, Happy Roll. We've all got a role in life to do. We're put on the planet for a purpose. Ladies and gentlemen, living for a purpose trumps living for prosperity. Because prosperity is guaranteed if you look at the Bible. And what is prosperity? To me, it's having enough to do the will of God. Whatever you need to do the will of God in your life, may God give it to you. He wants to prosper us. And so, I've been really touched by the messages and Pastor Tony's messages. And I, I just wanna say this encouragingly, I am absolutely shocked with the amount of time I'm spending with not yet Christians. I am shocked at how eager they are to hear God's world, God's world view. And sometimes as people that are used to being in the church, we don't grab it as quickly as people outside the church. I never thought I'd watch that day come. I sit with unchurched people and I began to share some of the things we've had over the last couple of weeks and people go, wow. So I'm at the doctor's on Friday morning and he's treating me. And he goes, what have you been doing? And I began to share the theme that's been preached here at Life. He goes, wow, that's good. I could use that in the footy club. (laughs) And I pulled out my phone and I said, you know what? You've got to lead your soul. You've got to silence your soul. You've got to speak to your soul and you've got to feed your soul. He goes, that's blankety blank good. (laughs) That's really good. Then I talked about a restless soul. Be still and know how to not live in tension by time with God, turn off distractions and be consistent. They're not just little sermon talks, but they are walks that we can walk out in our life. And as I'm sharing it with my doctor who runs a footy club for young kids, he's going, wow, that's good stuff. He goes, you know what? I went to the entertainment centre or somewhere to hear a motivational speaker. And he said some of that stuff. He goes, but we had to play a heap of money to hear what you guys at church give away for free. And I just pray this morning that we don't take for granted the revelatory truth that comes, that can become application in our lives every day. The last couple of messages for me have been really impacting. You see, God wants us to be equipped for what we need to do in life, not just at church, in life. I was watching MasterChef, so it didn't take long for food to come into it. I was watching MasterChef on one of the evenings where the contestants weren't allowed to use all the utensils. They could only use one or two things, basically what we would have at home, but no access to the pantry or or, or where all the pots and pans and all the the machinery that they needed to see if they could cook a good meal with just a little bit of stuff. And I'm so grateful today that God has given us an incredible pantry full of utensils in the Word of God for all that we need, not just to do church, but to do life. I am grateful that for me, the Bible's not a prayer book. 
I'm grateful that it is a worldview that when you share it with anybody on the planet, it can bring about great change. God has all that we need so that we live a life full of a healthy spirit, soul and body. Our soul is our mind, as we've heard from Pastor Tony, our emotions and our will. Our spirit can be made alive in one moment. One moment that you encounter God and a God consciousness comes over you and in you. Where all of a sudden you wanna go towards God, not away from God. I talked to hundreds of people that walked away from church many years ago, but they're actually coming back to God. I'm glad they're not just coming back to church. I'm glad they're coming back to God because when you have a God consciousness, it's not perfection, but it is direction as we march towards His pattern for our lives that is good for us. Over 40 years of Christian service, I've seen the church when it's healthy. And I've seen the church when it's healthy in its soul, just like we individually have a soul. I believe the church corporately, as we come together has a soul where we can be healthy in our soul or unhealthy. I can't never forget when I was pastoring Edge Church and God put a dream in my heart to renovate Morford Vale High School. From there, it became a wider uh, reaching of the community. I was telling Pastor Tony and the team how one time I got all our home group leaders up on stage and I gave them $100 each. It was $10,000 out of our missions budget. I said, I want you to go with your home groups into the community and multiply that $100 and make a difference in your community. And within a month, $150,000 of work had been done in our community. The Mitchum Medical Centre renovated by one home group. A young couple that had come from Sudan to get married and had no money, one home group put on the entire wedding, paid for all the food, raised it in the community. And I look back at what we can do when we're whole. Because what I discovered is all the grumpy people in our church, soon as they started getting their eyes on the needs of others and get involved, somehow their own issues weren't such an issue anymore. And that results in feeding your soul the right information that I'm not gonna grizzle about my world. I'm gonna come out of myself and help somebody else. And I watched wholeness come to people. That's why people who volunteer live longer. Research out there shows you that people that give their lives away see amazing things happen. There is no greater force on earth than the church when our soul is whole. Happy soul, happy role. And I've seen it over 40 years. But boy, I've seen some grumpy stuff too. And I've seen division, disconnect, brokenness from leadership to all the way down. The number of pastors that were pastors that aren't anymore, that I speak to today on an ongoing basis. Because somewhere along the line, the issue wasn't their spirit. The issue was their soul their broken soul that thought we don't know if we can keep going. You know, folks, today, it's been around for a long time, this issue. 
So people look at the church and expect perfection. People leave the church going, the church does this. The church is hypocritical. People preach one thing and do another. First of all, we're all the church if we, be, if we come here and if we come together, we're all the church, I'm the church. But we look to the church to be something that matches what we preach and certainly we need to go in that direction. But you know what? Unless our soul is whole, our spirit can be born again and we can have a God consciousness and our soul be very sick. And we as Christians haven't realised the difference. So how can they do that if they're Christians? If they're Christians, they shouldn't have walked out on their partner. If they're Christians, they shouldn't have. And the problem is not that there wasn't a moment of conversion, but that wasn't an ongoing restoring of our broken soul, which is an ongoing journey. So I'd like to take you to 1 Corinthians and show you what it was like in the Corinthian church. And I'm gonna read from verses one to 11 in the New Living Translation and see what it was like for those people because sometimes we think it's just the modern church. No, it's people. And it's been around for a long time. 1 Corinthians chapter one, verses one to 11. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. And from our brother, Sosthenes, I am writing to God's church in Corinth, to you who've been called by God to be His own holy people. Pretty good start. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as He did for all people everywhere who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts He has given you now that you belong to Christ Jesus. Through Him, God has enriched your church in every way with all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. This confirms that what I told you about Christ is true. Now you have every spiritual gift you need as you eagerly wait for the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will keep you strong to the end. And this is great. So that you will be free from all blame on that day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. God will do this for He is faithful to do what He says and He has invited you into partnership with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other Let there be no divisions in the church, rather be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. For some members of Chloe's household have told me about your quarrels, my dear brothers and sisters. I remember reading this one day a little confused because the chapter starts with this glowing statement from God about how He feels about the Corinthian church. But that's in chapter one. And for the next five, six, seven chapters, they're carrying on like total, whatever, douche heads. I don't know what you want to call them. They are carrying on. You think, how dare you become such wallies? Oh, if there's any wallies in the room, sorry, I'm just using that name. But And so as I read this chapter, I came up with four thoughts and I want to share with you those thoughts right now because I hope it will help 
how we view the church. Number one is our position in Christ. Our position in Christ. He made you holy, verse two, by means of Christ Jesus, just as He did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. The minute we receive Christ into our lives, God positions us. So when God looks at us, He doesn't see all our crappy stuff that's going on. He just sees Christ because He stands in our place. And our position in Christ, we call it justification in the old terms when we used to go to college. That just, just as if we'd never sinned, God sees our spirit like that. Number two, our potential in Christ. So right here in this passage of Scripture, Paul says, hey, you guys are in a great place because of Jesus. But let me share my thoughts about your potential in Christ. Verse four, I always thank my God for you and for the gracious gifts He has given you now that you belong to Jesus Christ. Through Him, He's enriched your church every way with all of your eloquent words and all of your knowledge. And this confirms that you belong to Him. What an incredible statement from Paul to a group of early Christians. Hey, your position in Christ is all cool. Your potential in Christ is amazing. But then number three is the promise of Christ. Verse eight, He will keep you strong to the end. So you will be free from the blame on that day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns. What an incredible thought that God has committed to you and me to keep us to the end. In the book of Jude, it said, unto Him who's able to keep you from falling. But you know, in verse 20 of the book of Jude, it says, stay always within the boundaries where God's love can reach and bless you. We want God to keep us, but stuff the boundaries. And right here we see three incredible keys or statements, not keys, from Paul saying to the Corinthians, God's got you. He's in you. He wants to live His life out through you. But then the last one, he says, but your practice really sucketh. Your practice is not that great. I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, verse 10, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church, rather be of one mind. You would think with those first three promises that we'd actually have our act together. But the fact is if our soul isn't healthy, then what happens with all the promises, with all God doing His part, there's still a part where if you read 1 Corinthians, one guy's having an affair with his stepmother, uh, another guy's taking other guys to court. There's all kinds of sexual immorality. There's all kinds of behaviour. One group of people, oh, I'm of Apollos, or oh, I'm of life. I'm of Peter, oh, I'm of the church in the city. Not a lot's changed after all these thousands of years. Where people, I belong to that group. Oh, they got more of the Holy Ghost. Or, or these gro- this group have too much of the Holy Ghost. And, and we run around the place fragmented. But if we understood the promise of Christ, our position in Christ, our potential in Christ, you think we get our practice a bit better. Because I've watched as much impact when the church is together in one healthy soul, 
Millions of dollars I've watched go out into the community. The Childhood Cancer Association here in Adelaide to receive just from one local church a minimum of 100,000 a year simply because of the church being healthy in its soul and being whole, healthy soul, healthy role. But I spend most of my time dealing with pastors, dealing with division, dealing with three right now around Australia. One youth pastor splits the church and starts another one down the road. People's lives are broken, families are split apart. Children in one church, parents in another. And as I look at the Corinthian church, I, thought, I think to myself, not a lot's changed because we don't give attention to the fact that if our soul is sick, our reactions will not be proper responses. And so I've lived long enough to say, God, we need to sort this out. A healthy soul, a healthy role. My conviction is that what Pastor Tony has been preaching and what we're talking about right now, it's not just a series. I think it's a moment in history where the church is growing up, where the church is rising up and the church is getting a healthy soul because our days are ahead of us. I don't wanna be negative in what I'm about to say, but last Sunday, my wife and I got to go to a, a gathering of community people. We were the only Christians there to raise money for cancer research. We're sitting at a table. We had to pay an X amount of money per head and it was quite a bit of money, which I thought was gonna go to the charity. But all that went to the owner of the cafe to pay for the food. And it wasn't much good, believe me, it wasn't that good. And I'm sitting there looking out the window, Porsches, Mercedes, some well-to-do people in our city. And in a four hour period, all we could raise, and that came with the help of people donating stuff to be, uh, you know, raffled, $3,000. And I looked at my wife and I go, that's the best the world can do. And I'm not having a go because I know people try, but it's like a little handout because it doesn't come from a conviction. It doesn't come from a passion. And it doesn't come from a healthy soul because as I sat around that table talking to people, their Porsche might've been outside, but their soul was sick. As they began to talk about their broken relationship and began to talk about how the world sucks and how politicians don't have any answers and, 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 and the answers these people had weren't answers. And I'm going, the church is the hope of the world. We are God's gift to the planet. It's His idea. And if we get our soul whole. And as I was praying for us yesterday, this is the thought that came into my head. God wants the church to get its joy back. God wants us to get our joy back. Because I tell you, when you do it because you have to, it really sucketh. But when you do it because you want to, Oh boy, does your soul get massaged. Does your soul get touched by God? And you go, wow, I'm doing it. Yesterday, I spent a whole day sitting at Port Adelaide listening to an Indigenous brother talk about the history of our Aboriginal folk in our country and 
the pain of what happened in the past, but he didn't come at it with a negativity. He goes, let's make the world a better place. Let's do a better job. And as we were there, hope began to rise in my heart that all the damage that might've been done in our history, we have an incredible future. And the church is the answer. If we rise up as the church with a healthy soul, it's not about amalgamating with New Zealand. It's about a partnership with the answer. What I love about Pastor Paul is he's a man that sees the future with the hope of the Gospel. He's not out to build empires. He's not out, someone said to me even this morning, how many campuses do you think life in New Zealand will have? Only the ones that God brings. I talked to Pastor Paul and he goes, it's not about how many, it's about who God brings to partner together. And with a healthy soul, we can have a healthy role in life. Now, last Sunday and the Sunday before, Pastor Tony started the meeting with this Scripture. And I was gonna put more up, but because of time, I wanna move quickly. But here in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. He will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. Dear brothers and sisters, pray for us. I command you in the name of the Lord Jesus to read this letter to the brothers and sisters. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Now, Pastor Tony quoted that as an opening scripture last Sunday and the Sunday before. But it's interesting if you read the whole chapter. If you read the Scripture in its context of the whole chapter, we haven't got time today to read the whole chapter, but can I give you homework? Read it when you get home. And when you read 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the first few verses, it's in the context of Christ's return. It says, because Jesus is coming back soon, this is what you need to know. And in this passage of Scripture, we see three powerful things that, on another occasion will open up. But just let me show you very quickly, in this chapter, it talks about God's responsibility. It talks about the leader's responsibility and it talks about every believer's responsibility. Right here. So after we read that, he says, now God's able to keep you. God's able to make you whole, body, soul and spirit. But we gotta understand the context. And the context is that God will do His part. God is committed to this relationship. God's committed to us. He's never gonna let go of us. And when we stuff up, He's still gonna knock on the door of our heart. I know people that have been away from God for 30 years, they're coming home. Trust the seed for all the parents in this room whose kids are away from God this morning. Trust the seed. Trust the seed that's, been placed in young people's hearts from childhood. I'm believing that for my own family. But then it says in verse, uh, where are our verse? I've got it written down here in verse 12. Honour those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. Leaders around the world have let go of some of their responsibilities 
and people find it hard to respect. You just have to go on YouTube and people go, well, if that's Christianity, you know where you can shove it. And so respect has gone because honour is hard to do. But one of the problems is because of people's sick soul, pastors all over the world are pulled into that sickness to help people's brokenness and stop doing the Lord's work. It says, honour your leaders because they do the Lord's work. The Lord's work is not to chase after people's brokenness that don't wanna come to wholeness. And so when you read this passage of Scripture, the Lord's work is sacred, it's spiritual and it's specific. And I prophesy this morning, that's why this campus is doing what it's doing. So that people like Pastor Tony and Kath and other leaders and those in New Zealand, we need to get back to the Lord's work. We gotta get back to the place where our role as leaders is to bring sacred, spiritual and specific input into the body so that our soul can be healed and then we can all be made whole. But then it goes on and listen to this. It says they work hard. Well, to me, working hard is being led by conviction, building a Bible pattern and courage under fire. Not just being awake at six and going to bed at one in the morning doing administration. That's not working hard, that's working stupid. And so, you know, right here in this passage of Scripture in 1 Thessalonians 5, he goes, God can make your soul get good. He can do whatever you need, but leaders need to be released to do their role. But listen to this, every believer's role. And I have not found a church on the planet in the Western world that can do this. But we've got to get to this. Listen to this. It says, brothers and sisters. Now this is, it's freaky. Warn those who are lazy. Can you imagine going up to someone at church and go, pull your finger out, you're lazy. I'm going to another church because they were nasty to me. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. Encourage those who are timid. Take tender care of those who are weak. Oh, I thought we paid the pastors to do that. No, this is one anothering. Be patient with everyone. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Do not strive for the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Now, may the God of peace make you holy in every way and may your whole spirit, soul and body be kept blameless. Oh, wow. See, If God can help us get our soul right, we can do our role right. And then it's not about whether a department followed you up or whether someone saw your name on a list and rang you up because there's so much one anothering when we walk in together that we can get to a place where our soul is healthy, which says, tell me, teach me, correct me. I'm 65 this year and I want people to tell me, Danny, fix that. Don't do that. That was a bad attitude. That was a bad response. Rather than getting prickly and reacting, going, don't tell me what to do. And if we get a healthy soul, we will be equipped in our one anothering to do our role. And as we do that, the leaders are released to do the Lord's work. I have a passion for the rest of the days God's given me to equip pastors and leaders to get the Word of God into people.
Because when you stand on Judgment Day, this week, Pastor Steve Hilda, who was on my staff for many years, his wife passed away. The funeral will be on Friday. I rang him from here on Tuesday and they were in intensive care. She was still alive. And he goes, Danny, uh, we're, in inten- we're in ICU. She passed away the next day. She was in theatre. They said they couldn't do anything after an operation. And so they gathered the entire family around the bed. For six hours, they had their mum and wife together before she went to heaven. She rang her friend in Brisbane and thanked her for being a friend. She chose the songs she wanted at a funeral. She spoke to all of her kids. She said, I'm ready, I'll be fine. What a way to end your life, eh? That doesn't happen with a sick soul. But when your soul's made whole and then your spirit is feeding that soul, oh, what a way to live. And I wanna tell you over the years, and I'm not trying to be morbid, but over the years, I've heard it all. I've been called a narcissist. I've been criticised, called all kinds of things for not giving people the ministries they wanted. And yet, please don't take this as arrogant. I'm not prickly. I'm not shut down. The church did that to me. I could give you a list. I could give you a list. But the fact is, every time that happened, I remember one time being told by someone, you have narcissistic personality disorder. So I went home and said to Sharon, what's that? I didn't know what that was. I said to him, well, maybe you're right. So I went and saw Dr. Ray Andrews. I flew to Coffs Harbour. I said, I've got narcissistic personality disorder. And he said to me, you know what, Danny, if you did, you wouldn't be here. Because if you're a narcissist, you wouldn't care. You wouldn't care what people think. You wouldn't have the ability to empathise. You know, I've discovered over 40 years that often people judge you by what's inside of them. Whoops. So I had to become a self-counsellor. I had to go back to the Word of God and go, am I? Do I? But when your soul is on a journey of staying healthy, you don't mind heaven's critique. The Bible's not an offence to you. It's a defence that helps you stay strong and continue to serve God and His church. Happy soul, happy role. Healthy role, healthy soul. I think we can make a commitment to that today. So I asked the Lord yesterday, what can I share with the people that's really, really simple? Just three quick thoughts right now, we're nearly done. And this is what I do. Number one, I respect God's counsel in my life. I respect God's Bible. I've had it all my life and it works better than any other prescription the world gives out. You go to a doctor and he gives you a prescription and you take the medication and you get worse. You'll change your doctor or you get a prescription and leave it in the cupboard and never go and access the medication. A stupid doctor gave me this prescription and none of it works. Well, you never did anything with it. But for 40 years, I've eaten the Bible. 
I've consumed it in my life because I respect it. I respect the mighty counsellor, the mighty... So when my marriage was under major challenge in those first early years of uh, differences of culture, uh, differences of personality and all those things, it's who do I go to? Dr. Phil wasn't around then. (laughs) I go to Dr. Jesus because He made my spirit whole. And I can tell you the moments at camps and, and at church and at places where He came alive, my spirit came alive. But that spirit needs to talk to the soul and that spirit talks to the soul through me respecting God's counsel in my life. Number two, responding to God's counsel in my life. You're not gonna respond to something you don't respect. Most young people sitting in church now do not respect the Bible. A lot of them. Even I'm using the word most because across the body of Christ, it's I know what the Bible says, but. The most stolen thing in a Christian bookshop is the armband, what would Jesus do? It's the most stolen thing. (laughs) WWW, what would Jesus do? And you see, it's not the Bible that's the answer, it's the application of it. And so my spirit has to feed my soul and counsel my soul. So I respect, I respond and I repeat God's counsel to my life. Do you know how much pressure is on pastors to preach a new sermon every week that's different to the one from last week, but we can't remember the one from last week. And yet can I suggest the day's coming where we need to keep repeating until it becomes part of us? I thank God for the repetition of God in my life. Many of you may have heard this, the wolf you feed. There's a wonderful old story about a grandfather who's talking with his young grandson. The grandfather explains to the little boy that there are two wolves inside each of us which are always at battle. One wolf is the wolf of light It represents things like kindness, bravery and love. The other wolf is the shadow wolf. It represents things like greed, hatred and fear. The grandson stops and thinks about it for a second, then looks up to his grandfather and says, Grandfather, which wolf wins? The grandfather quietly replies, the one you feed. Where your focus goes, your energy flows. Whatever you feed with your focus, energy and attention will grow and gain a deeper and deeper hold over you. Are you thinking about what you don't want? What you don't like? What you don't have? If so, that is what you're feeding. And the more you feed it, the stronger it will become. The more real it will feel to you and the tighter the grip it will have on your life. It will start to colour your perception, your choices and the way you show up in the world. It will determine where you go, what you do and who you connect with. The shadow wolf will have won. But here's the miraculous part. You get to choose. Decide now that you're going to choose to focus on the person you want to become, the life you want to step into and the impact you want to leave behind. Focus on the path forward rather than on the problems and the frustration. You change your life by changing what you focus on, 
Whatever you feed will grow. Let's feed our soul. Let's have a healthy soul. Then we will have a healthy role. I close with this. A few years ago, I started to write down why hurt people hurt people. Hurt people interpret every word spoken to them through the prism of their pain. Hurt people interpret every action through the prism of their pain. Hurt people often portray themselves as victims and carry a victim spirit. Hurt people often alienate others and wonder why no one's reaching out to them. Hurt people are often frustrated and depressed because past pain continually spills over into their present circumstances. Friends today, what a privilege to have everything in the pantry we need, all the tools we need in the Word of God to have a healthy soul. We gotta work at our healthy soul. We don't work at our salvation. Our salvation, the minute we accept Jesus, we don't have to get resaved every day. Just like you don't have to get remarried every day after you've signed that certificate on your marriage day. But you gotta work. You see, the wedding is the ceremony, but the marriage is the life. We treat our Christianity like the wedding day. And then we don't go on and build a life. Father, this morning, while every head's bowed and every eye closed, I believe there's people all over this room that because of a tired soul, because of a abused soul, because of a attacked soul, there's a tiredness that's brought about a looking down rather than looking up, a form of depression. But Lord, You want us to get our joy back. And Lord, we make a commitment as a whole family here at Life this morning that we wanna go on that journey. Lord, take us on that journey. We wanna value Your Word. We wanna listen to Your Word. We wanna live out Your Word. Not so we become religious people, but so we become real people. There are some of you in the room today and you are right now at that point where your soul is so tired, it keeps you awake at night and you think, I don't know how I'm gonna keep doing life this way. And while every head's bowed and every eye closed, I just wanna pray for you right now that the Holy Spirit will start a journey with you today. I want this to be take home today. I don't want it just to be a talk. I'd love you to slip up your hand wherever you are. And I wanna pray today with you, not just for you, but with you. I'm not gonna get you to come forward, but I wanna pray. Will you lift up your hand so I can see it? Right across the room. Thank you, God bless you. Thank you, God bless you. Thank you, God bless you. Thank you for the hands that have been raised. Father, today, may this not be a too hard moment, but Lord, let it be a wow, we can do this. We can have a healthy soul. And Father, I pray that even in the future volunteering in the life of this house and and the way we're gonna keep serving our community, oh, Father, so bring healing to our soul that we will give from that heart a healthy soul and see others made whole through our wholeness. We pray in Jesus' Name. 
Happy soul, happy role. Go for it, church. Let's do it together. Amen. Thanks for listening to this podcast. We trust that you're encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life and we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Adelaide campus. If you'd like to know more about Life, then visit our website at lifeadelaide.org or download the Life Adelaide app and stay connected.